0: Charlie, if you'll go ahead and come up real quick. So just to set some context for the evening, Hope Now was a conference that we hosted in the fall of 2019. And at that time, I've shared, Charlie has shared her testimony on our podcast, so you'll have to find it. Um, But quite briefly, at that time, Charlie came after... um, some infant losses that were devastating. And the Lord began working in her heart at Hope Now and asking her the question, will you hope again? And as she'd kind of given up uh, to the thought of having uh, a baby because it was painful, but that's kind of where the question began. You can hear her full story. But if you'll come here, Charlie, I want you to introduce uh, and tell us this little girl's name. Her name is Evelyn Hope. And unknown to Charlie, she was probably a couple of days pregnant at that time. And, um, and so the Lord, we're going to pray for um, Evelyn Hope in just a second, um, because the Lord so graciously stirred um, what was needed inside of Charlie's spirit to carry this life and bring her into the world, and so we just want to honor that and steward that. So we're going to pray a blessing over her, and then we're going to be very strongly in the hope vein tonight. So, um, if if my board members would come up, I am going to pray um, a blessing. And I know you call her a nickname. How Evie. do you, do you want her called, Evie? Whatever you like. Okay. We do it all. (laughs) Okay. So um, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We're going to be talking about the blood of the Lamb, certainly, but we're going to begin on the forefront with this testimony about the power of hope. And so little Evie is among us today, and you can hear her full full story on on the podcast. Um, So Lord, we just come before you, and we thank you for the life of Evie God, Evie Hope, We thank you, Father, that her existence bears witness to a God that is great in mighty wonder indeed. We thank you that her mom said yes to hope, even when it was scary and terrifying. And we thank you, God, that you carried both of them, both of them through a gestation of hope until a birth came about. So we just, we thank you for the angels that have been Um, Assigned to Evie, and we thank you, God, that she's going to grow in favor and stature with God and man. And we thank you that she's going to operate in the fullness of all spiritual gifts, that she's going to prophesy, and that she's going to operate in hope. We pray, God, that you align good friends for her, a godly husband someday, and that you bless her with every good and perfect gift from above, and that she just relates to you as her father. Thank you for this testimony of Evie Hope Among Us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. A lot of times when the Lord speaks something to my heart, I love that season of revelation where I'm sitting on that topic or whatever whatever it is the Lord's ministering. And then, you know, normally you kind of move out of that season. Well, a few months ago I was changing bunk beds. I've shared this on Facebook, so I'm not going to share the whole story. But as I was changing bunk beds as one of our, our business endeavors, we had Airbnbs, I had a red thread on my shoulder and I was on a third tier bunk bed and I couldn't get down to throw it, to throw it away. So I well actually it was on the sheet. So I'd put it on my shoulder and I kind of forgot about it. And throughout the day I would look and notice it was still there, but my my arms and hands were always full. And so I just walked around with this red thread on me all day. And the Lord began ministering to me about Rahab's red cord. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute. And I was so reluctant to share on that um, in a simple Facebook post because I would already shared a little bit on it before at Hope Now. And I just want to encourage you, if the Lord is giving you something and there's any level of resistance to doing it, do it urgently because it's not him, the resistance. That was probably a little bit of pride on my end, and it was probably a a whole lot of, of the enemy partnering with what I was allowing him to have. And so... Uh, Before we go a bit into this thought of hope as a red cord, looking at Rahab's story, I just want to make mention, if you've been with us before, I've said that I felt like this year for Entourage, as one of many streams in the city of God and the body of Christ, that it's a year of rise and shine. And I I told my team this week that I feel like um, a firecracker, In that, um, if you can picture a firecracker that would explode, the fuse gets lit, right? And it it kind of goes up, 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 and it ascends, um, somewhat unnoticed, but it's ascending with a purpose. And then when it's time to detonate, it goes off, and it's very visible. And so I feel like that is for all of us that are partnering in this, and and corporately, I feel that in my spirit. And so as I think about this... um, this half of the year that I feel like we're ascending like a like a fuse that's been lit the Lord was like yeah and that fuse is that red cord it's hope that's what I've lit and until everyone kind of catches that including me everyone really catches that revelation of it we're just going to camp here so we're going back to where we were and I love that there's ladies from Ada here that joined us at Hope Now it is so special to have you among us as we revisit some old old stories in a new manner. So another testimony is that last month we were supposed to launch this project that we're all about to be part of called Hope With Them or the Red Cord Project. And my, my husband's grandmother passed away and I that day, that afternoon. And so I had to go be with my family. That's my first responsibility. So we just halted, brakes on, can't do that tonight. Um, But there was an artist that evening named Sherry, and Sherry um, decided to paint a portrait of Hope. And this is what she painted, Um, not really knowing much about the project. The Holy Spirit, not Paige, told her what to paint and how to paint it. So when my friends, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is Emmett, my daughter, and she is an artist as well. Is this our family? I love it. Thank you so much, Emmett made this. So anyway, someone sent me a picture uh, of Sherry's portrait, and I was just blown away because there are elements in this that God has ministered to me that I knew she couldn't possibly have known that are from other places in Scripture that aren't even part of Rahab's story. And uh, a neat backstory on that is that Sherry had asked me to pray with her back in February, um, and I got the honor of doing that, that the Lord would just make the word explode and come alive to her. And so, this the body of Christ is a house of miracles, but my sister in Christ painted something without me in the room that was the explosion of what God was doing in my heart. And so we are gathering around all these. You can take this and pass it around if you all want to look at it because I'm going to use it as a reference point in the next couple of minutes. We are going to do a project together. I honestly don't know if tonight is more of a training, a teaching, an anointing, or commissioning. Uh, I don't know. I'm like, Lord, what are we doing tonight? But I have great confidence um, that, that we are gathered And the way that I like to work sometimes is to just dive into the water. And then once we're in the water, we're all going to figure out together what's going on. So don't worry. The word is in my heart, and we're just going to navigate it. But long story short, Rahab is a prostitute. You can read about her in Joshua chapter 2 through 6. For those that are not well acclimated with the Bible, the Old Testament is before Jesus, and they're literal historical events, but they all testify about Jesus. They all tell us something about Jesus. So just to get a little bit of context about Rahab's story, if you can think, if you can think um, the Hebrews in slavery in Egypt, Ten Commandments, Moses, that whole narrative. They come out of Egypt because God's taken them to the promised land. And a number of years later, when they get to the promised land, Moses hands off the anointing to Joshua to take these people into promise. And their strategy is to access this promised land that God has given them. Again, this is literal and historical. But it's a picture of God bringing us into promise as our warrior, like Joshua. So he brings these people into the edge of the promised land through a city called Jericho uh, in the area of Canaan. And, um, and he sends through Joshua two spies in. And he says, spy out the land because we're going to go in and we're going to inhabit the promise." So they go into the Promised Land and they meet a prostitute named Rahab. Now there were city walls. This is going to be an important part of the story to know. Archaeologically, cities were built with walls around them. The prostitute lived. Her house was part of the city wall. So it was an easy way for them to come in and to come out. And the Lord had given these spies favor with Rahab the prostitute. So it was reported that there were some Israelite men, Hebrew men, God's chosen people. Again, this is representative of us now as uh, as the body of Christ, God's chosen people. That they had come into the enemy camp and they were about to take it out. So the king, we'll call it like the naughty king, reaches out to Rahab and says, where are these men like that are coming in to invade? And she says, they left. Well, they hadn't left. She had hidden them on the roof of her home and shown them kindness so that their lives could be spared. And so we're going to pick up in Joshua chapter 2 and just in about verse 8 of Joshua chapter 2. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up. Thank you. I brought that over, and then I didn't grab it. Uh, Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof. This is the prostitute, Rahab. And she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea, for you, when you came out of Egypt Egypt, and what you did in Sihon and Og and the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed, when we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage fell because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her, if you don't tell what we're doing. Verse 15, so she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. Everyone got that? It was part of the city wall. She said to them, she told them where they could go to be safe. And then their parting instructions to her were, the oath you have made to us will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and your mother and your brothers and all of your family into your house. Everyone say all all of your family into your house. If any of them go outside in the street, their blood's going to be on their own heads and we're not going to be responsible. But as for those who come in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. So so we have this picture. A woman that is a prostitute that lives in a very shameful situation has now become a woman who recognizes the power of God on the outside of her circumstances. So everyone else around her is shut up in fear. I I almost wonder if her family actually wasn't even in relationship with her at the time because she was a prostitute. And so now she has chosen to put all of her cards on the Lord saying, I've heard about what he's done. I'm willing to risk everything I have, which isn't nothing at this point, I'm a prostitute, if you will honor what I've done and honor all of my father's household, is the way it reads earlier in the text. So who knows how many people that was. And so the painting's coming around, and we get this picture of this scarlet cord hanging in her window. Now, scarlet, the way that the color was procured was through blood, usually insect blood, and they would use it as a dye. But in the Old Testament, when we see references to scarlet, we can understand that it's a type and a foreshadow of the blood of Jesus. So again, think back, a different story to the people coming out of Egypt, and they put blood over their doorpost so that death would pass them by. This is a similar situation, but a little bit different. She's putting this symbol of scarlet in her window, and everything hangs on that. Not just for her, but generations that she's going to bring into her choice. And so what does that have to do with hope? Well, the word cord um, is translated as, as hope in Hebrew. It's the same word. So we could say that she had a scarlet cord hanging out of her window, or as I like to say it, She had hope hanging out of her window. So what does that have to do with us? So the Lord brings me back to this, this day that I'm walking around with a red thread on my shirt that is so evident to me. And I'm thinking, does everyone see this red thread? After this, you will see red threads everywhere on your clothing. They just, they're everywhere. I promise you, you will. And so the Lord kind of spoke to my heart. What does it look like to let hope hang out of your window right now? So that when you get into a situation where everyone is shut up in fear, you are putting all your cards, all of your hope, all of your trust, all of your confidence, all of your expectation in the word and the promise of the Lord, which through those men to her was that we will come for you if you will keep this here. And so as the paint, whenever the painting makes its way back, I just want to use it visually again before we transition to a New Testament passage. So here we have Rahab. She's a pagan, she's a prostitute, yet she has chosen to get behind something so simple as a red cord. In Hebrews, it's mentioned that that she's part of the Faith Hall of Fame, because um, she served the spies in faith. But there's a relationship between hope and faith that uh, Hebrews 13 describes, that faith is the evidence of things hoped for. So she acted in faith that they would go out because of the hope that they were going to come back and recognize this scarlet cord. So if we are in Christ, if we have Jesus in our hearts, then we have to understand the blood of the Lamb, that's Jesus, it covers us like this. So no matter what's going on behind us, around us, inside of our house, when God looks at us, he sees the blood of Jesus. Like this, We'll just say like this red cord. So it doesn't matter, but I'm totally confident that right now when I'm looked at, he sees me in the blood of Jesus, and he says, she's covered. She's mine because she's chosen to embrace hope. So we're going to fast forward for just a second to Romans chapter 5. You have your word. And we're going to give this some New Testament application before we uh, shift gears. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. This is in a new covenant now where Jesus has shed that scarlet-colored blood that that cord of hope points to. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of glory. So, the first thing, we're kind of doing a checkup right now. Before we move into the project, we're doing a checkup to assess the hope in our own lives. So accessing this hope like she did, we have to know that it is only through the blood of Jesus that we are justified. It is only through the blood of Jesus that we are justified. It is only through the blood of Jesus that we receive peace. Without a revelation inside of us that we have peace with God through Jesus, that when he looks at us and he sees that red scarlet blood, On us, we're not going to have hope because we're still going to be struggling and we're going to be striving and we're going to be trying to earn. And I love this language in verse 2. We have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. Do you have a revelation of yourself standing in grace? No matter where your feet are in this season, no matter where they have come from, when we stand in the blood of Jesus. When we choose to be a people that wear hope, like this woman who has her cord on display, you know, people think the prostitute with the, the scarlet letter, you no, know, the, the prostitute with a scarlet cord, she becomes part of Jesus' lineage, if you didn't know that, in Matthew chapter 1. But as she's standing in this portrait and looking out this window, did you know that she's standing in a grace Because only God alone could have provided the favor for her to be in a position of looking for her deliverance from her situation. So in the New Covenant, I'm just reminding each of us, and Lord, may none of us leave here without having that revelation stir that we're justified. That we have peace with you, that we now stand in grace, and we boast in the hope of glory. It says, not only so, but we also glory in sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Verse 6, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Does that say when we were still good and perfect? No. It says when we were still powerless. At just the right time, when we were still powerless, he died for the ungodly. Think about this woman. How much power did she have in this situation as a prostitute who lived on a wall in a city that was about to be taken out by God's people? She had nothing except that she chose. She chose to display hope and place faith in the name of the Lord that she didn't even know. she just heard about him from far away. In this last little anchoring verse that I want you to really hide in your heart before we go tie this up with a bow in Joshua, it says, hope does not put us to shame. Now, as we flip back to Joshua, I want you to think, about how scared she must have been, unless she had a supernatural peace, but she didn't have the Holy Spirit at that time, so she probably didn't. Think about how scared she must have been if things would have gone awry. They didn't have cell phones, she didn't know if the spies had made it back to their camp to actually come in. I'm sure word was getting out that people were hoarding into her home and there was suspicion, not to mention a scarlet cord hanging out of her window. I just wonder if she ever thought, is this, is this going to bring me more shame than my profession, than my life before? But the word says hope does not put us to shame. So though we are talking about her story, I really want you to think about yourself right now. She's waiting. It has been days. It has been days. Can you imagine the people in her home that she's telling them, God, it's going to pull through. I don't know much about him, but I believe he's going to pull through. And they're saying, your cord, that's what you're going on, that single red blood-colored cord, that's where you're putting all of your hope. And she's saying, that's where I'm putting all my hope, because that's the word I was given. So, fast forward to when the invasion begins that she's going to be rescued from, God gives very, or the angel of the Lord's army, gives very interesting instructions to Joshua about how they're going to take the promise. If you've been in a relationship with the Lord long, how many of you know his ways never look like our ways, very rarely. So often I I think, Lord, did you mean to say that? Are you sure that was the strategy of operation that you wanted to take um, in accessing the promise? So this is what the Lord's commander of his army tells Joshua to do. Joshua 6, verse 2. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. The promise was theirs already, just like all the promises of God are ours. But there's this little application of obedience that they're going to have to step into. So he begins to lay out all of these instructions, and he tells Joshua, for seven days, I want you to assemble all of these people in all of these orders, and I want you to put all of these things in the Ark of the Covenant, which was a symbol of God's presence at the time, and then I want you to march around the city every day for seven days. Can you imagine how ridiculous that felt? For this army but presumably everyone was still shut up in fear because God was taking care of it he was going ahead of them to work but can you imagine Rahab she didn't get brought out of the situation on day one she didn't get brought out of the situation on day two she is in the thick of the situation meaning that when they are stomping every day her house is rattling that cord it's not it's not falling But I bet it's moving a little bit. So keep thinking about Rahab while we get to day seven. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak. This is the army of Israel. And they marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded his army, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things. um, Trying to keep them from falling into a snafu while they're in the middle of occupying promise. There's wisdom for us in that as well. Otherwise we will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. But when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. Everyone say, "Collapsed." collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword everything in it. Verse 22, then Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, her sisters, and all who belonged. There had to have been servants in there, um, workers. I believe that God is so good, just like Noah's Ark. I think anyone that would have showed up, he would have taken them in. That's my belief. So, they brought her entire family and put them in a place outside of the camp while they burned the city and everything in it. So, I just want to pose this question and this thought. You can talk to the Lord about it in your quiet time because it doesn't definitively say it in the Word, but based on what I just read, chapter 2 told us that Rahab lived in the wall, her house was in the wall, that she endured seven days. Of the process of God obliterating, preparing to obliterate the evil around her. And then it says that the wall fell, but then Joshua says, But go into the house where Rahab is. So, do you think it's possible, if hope doesn't put us to shame, that every part of the wall in the city could have fallen except the one wall where the red cord was dangling? Yes, come on. Yes, can we get a revelation for that? In our lives, that we can be in the midst of war and we can be feeling the effects, the collateral damage, the panic of the people around us, yet it can have no bearing on the promise that God gave to us that we will come out, that we will be saved, and that we will not be put to shame. Back to Romans, it says that we have the hope because the Holy Spirit shed abroad his love in our heart. Lord, I know this is actually not a tall order for you, though it feels it for me. God, I understand that for us to hope, we have to understand that you love us, that you keep your word, that you sent Jesus to justify us like that red cord and to bring us peace that Rahab didn't really have access to at that time. So in the next few minutes, Father, before we shift this external, I ask that you rain down your hope and your love in this house. If there is anyone who has forgotten what I read, that just at the right time when we were powerless, you died for us. When we were powerless, you shed your love abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. If anyone's missing that, myself included, spirit of wisdom and revelation come into this place. So we're going to take one song, and my team's going to be up here to minister. And this is for you. Do you know that just like the spies extended this opportunity to Rahab to say, if you will do this, if you will just put this cord here, and put your hope in it, then everything is going to be okay. That in Christ that's extended to us. And so even for the believer, so if you've not accepted Christ, that's step One. For the believer, you may have lost sight. You may have moved away from that window where that red cord is hanging, that reminder that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus only is the way, the truth, and the life. And you need to come back to it. Not in your own strength, but standing in the grace that we just read about in Romans. So if you're struggling with hope, let us minister to you real quick. I bet there's almost any woman around you that would do it too if you can't even get yourself up here. Once we're finished with this song and this time of ministry, then we'll, we'll shift into what it looks like to let hope hang out of our windows on the outside. But first, you have to know that that red cord is for you in Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram.